there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. A doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Hey, Dr. Batar, I got I to gotta start with a follow-up from last hour. You, you would have enjoyed uh, Lori Gregory and what she's revealing by going through the data the government releases every year on mm-hmm. vaccine injury payouts through the you know, unconstitutional kangaroo vaccine court. And uh, just, just stunning revelations, including a 1,000% increase in payouts due to flu vaccine injury and death. And this is across the board from infants to old folks and pregnant women in between. A thousand percent year over year, yet no media outlet has touched it. No broadcast media outlet anywhere has touched that. And that's something delivered to the president of the Senate every year. That would be Joe Biden at this point. Uh, So it's not like it's hidden. It's hidden in plain sight. And no broadcast journalist would dare read it aloud if they want to work in mainstream media one day longer. So tenfold increase in the flu vaccine, but it's not—it's not just flu vaccine in adults. It's all the way across across the board, children all the way up to adults. Right, correct, and it, you know, five around five million payout in 2014, over 60 million, over 60 million. That's like 11 times the amount, almost 10 and a half times the amount uh, as far as dollars in that regard. And there's other things that are going to be released a little later this evening that we'll link to. Uh, at robertscabell.com, and you're going to find it very intriguing, Dr. Batar, because, it, you know, there are two things. One, we, we both know vaccine injury is on the increase, not the decrease, especially since they keep expanding, uh, you know, the childhood schedule, and they, they want to expand it to adults as well. That's one thing. The second thing is that consciousness is shifting. They can no longer hide this. We've talked about consciousness shift. Here it is in evidence. A lot of scandals are coming out, horrific, horrible scandals, Involved who? Highest levels of government, highest levels of global corporations, highest levels of broadcast media of the mainstream variety. Yeah, that's um, it's a, it's an amazing component that, to understand that there's a if it's gone from five million to sixty million, then that's uh, yeah that's a, that's a twelve factor increase uh, from five to, to sixty. Yes. But um, yeah, I mean that's uh, statistics that should be the front page of every major newspaper on the planet, and yet, yeah, and people. Of course, it's not a surprise, though, Robert. I mean, no. we know that mainstream does not cover these type of things because they're just too controversial. Um, I think the very first podcast for our Medical Secrets audio series, which they're average about five to eight minutes long each, is an interview that you hear between um, syndicated writer for Times Magazine and myself, and on during this interview, which was being recorded, obviously, she says, I can't publish this. And when I said, what do you mean you can't publish this? She, she basically says that this is too controversial. It would, it would cause too much of a, a outcry to publish this. It wasn't that, wait a second, mm-hmm. where's this data from? You know, can you validate it? This, that, and because of uh, data was very valid. But she said she can't publish it because it would, be too, it would create too much of an outcry. So it's pretty pathetic that when journalists won't report data because it would cause too much of an outcry. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, no, it doesn't support the worldview, if you will, of the pay handlers. Who's paying your bills, right? Uh, of course, right. the mainstream media now is claiming that we're all Russian propagandists for Vladimir Putin. I don't know if you've heard right. this. But that's, yep, the, that's yep. the argument. It's like the mainstream media got everything wrong about the election. They're wrong, they're lying, or just they're so lazy they can't figure out what's real. And those that right. did and do and report on it, the only thing the Washington Post and others could do is use an anonymous source to claim that we're all inadvertently or purposefully working for Vladimir Putin. And I know that guy's got some money, but he hasn't thrown any hour away. Well, you know, it's interesting that about four years ago, if I remember, it was about four years ago that you and I had a discussion about the RT, Russia, Russia Times. Russia today, Russian Times, Russia Today, yes. Russia Today, right. And we were talking about how some of the stories that they would cover on, those particular, on that particular news station, they were remarkable stories in the sense that they were talking about political issues that uh, up to this point in time have not been addressed by mainstream media, such as the um, what happened with Libya and and when uh, Gaddafi had testified or talked in front of the United Nations about the gold standard and referred to the U.S. dollar as a petrodollar and how they should go in the gold standard and how mainstream media never talked about that at all. And then, of course, afterwards, when a few months afterwards, when um, he wouldn't back down and the entire African Union was looking at what Gaddafi had said, we go in there under whatever pretense, and uh, collapse the country. But in all, in all honesty, the reason it was was because that was a threat to the U.S. economy because of the uh, reluctance of them to stay on the petrodollar, as he referred to it as. Correct. But yeah. if it was to do with really our outrage at his human rights violations or whatever else we, we said that he was doing, then why didn't we go in there two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago, thirty years ago? Mm-hmm. Why didn't we do it then? No, you're exactly right. And the thing is, though, this is argued now that because it may benefit Russia in the world that we're uh, willing or are unwilling dupes. It's like, no, you know, the First Amendment, the media, the press was designed to hold the feet to the fire of anybody who would you know, be pushing a false narrative to keep, you know, of course, we could say we have a bias that would be pro-American because we love liberty and we love what this country stands for, not to say that it doesn't make mistakes or there aren't bad things. We, I think a real patriot would acknowledge that. But the reality is it isn't about Russia. It's about us. It's about the country we want to live in. It's about the government we want representing us. And that's what's coming out now. And we're learning that the scandals go really, really deeper and, and way uglier because we ask the questions like, how could... People damage children knowingly this way because Biden can't can't say he didn't know because he's given this report on vaccine injury and payouts every year. The president of the Senate, which is the vice president of the United States. How could he stomach for one day longer not calling congressional hearings and saying to the CDC, what the hell is going on here? Well, then you start looking at the other scandals coming out about pedophilia rings at the highest level of government, the highest level of corporations, the highest level of media. And you begin to see a pattern here that they use and abuse and even sacrifice children. And it's a hard thing for people to hear, but look at it. Even if you don't believe the whole pedophilia thing that is coming out, the fact that they would do it with vaccines should tell you all they care, all they say, all they really believe about the sanctity of human life, especially children's lives. Yeah, with this Russia component and trying to say that uh, Russia has been hacking into the elections and Russia is doing this, Russia is doing that, and they're all pawns of the... Russia, uh, Russian government, then technically speaking, they could actually say the same thing about you and I, because we've been talking about 
how Russia Times has been reporting the truth and how our own mainstream media has not been. And so theoretically, um, have you, you said you hadn't received a single dollar from Russia, right? No, I'm kind of bummed about that. If, they, if we have been unwilling, unknowing, being used by Russia and Putin, come on, send us some money then. Give us some rubles. Well, I was kind of trying to think about this because I was trying to see, do we have any patients from Russia? And actually, that's the one country we don't have any patients from that I, that I know of, at least. How interesting. So, um, yeah. yeah, I've got so some you, patients that are Russian, but not that are not from, from Russia. Russia. Now. Yeah. 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 So, no, it, it's obviously silly. And I think that people are, are uh, well, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald, of course, and uh, the things that we've, you know, covered over the years here with WikiLeaks and things, it, this is not from Russia. The fact that Russia might benefit by, you know, weakening the the global, uh, you know, invasion of our, you know, our government everywhere around the world, you know, to me that's secondary to the. How would I say it? I mean, I'm an idealist. I acknowledge that, but I, you know, if, if I want to have an impact on the globe, it's because of an ex- being an example for others to emulate, as opposed to doing it at the force of a gun or the threat of being bombed. I, I mean, I just, I think that's an important distinction to make. Yeah, I think that is an important distinction to make. Uh, I think that in time, um, the the truth will be known. My dad used to say all the time that uh, the one thing about the truth is it will always sustain itself, whether it takes a week, a month, a year, you know, a decade, a hundred right. years, it'll always be sustained. So I think history will, will, uh, have the uh, eventual outcome, it'll be known, and maybe after we're no longer here. But the point is that um, I think that at least with the aspect of medical uh, science is concerned and how we treat people, I think, in my opinion, based upon the history of medicine, that this time will be known as one of the most barbaric in the history of mankind because of some of the things we knowingly know now. For example, you know how toxic radiation is, how toxic chemotherapy is, and then under pretense of trying to help people get better, we give them this toxic substance, which anybody with any logical thought process would say, wait a second, if this is toxic and cancer is because of toxicity, then why would you give somebody something more toxic? It doesn't make any sense. And, and it's become, it's so evident, it's so right in front of you, like you said, that Biden gets this information, it's plainly in sight, hidden in plain sight. Yes. This is so intuitively obvious, and yet... It's um, just, it, it boggles your mind that how can people continue doing this? And vaccines is just the one basic thing. And then you look at chemotherapy and you look at radiation yeah. therapy and you look at the intervention of pharmace- uh, pharmaceutical therapeutics. All of this just defies logic. No, and then we recognize you step back and this is the shocking moment where you begin to look at all the authorities, all the authoritarians that are in the power structure as it exists today that dominate are involved in death cult activities yep let that sink in because as much as we would argue for your freedom to choose for instance you want to go chemo that's your choice now we're not going to argue for the choice of abusing children hell no and that's why we would say put a stop put a moratorium on vaccines today as they're being conducted and introduced into children especially who have no ability to give informed consent because their parents are not being given information because the doctors don't have the information, or if they do, they're not looking into it at all because they're fear of, of loss of their license. So I think you could make a strong argument to just stop all vaccinations right now, especially when you see a thousand percent increase or 12 fold year over year, just on the flu shot alone. And in California, they argue Richard Pan, the pediatrician 
Dickie Pan, who says we're going to get this SB 277 to force everybody to get these shots if they want to go to school, public or private. And he, then he threatens the, the, the other legislators in California to say, you know what, if there's an outbreak and you voted against this, it's going to be on you. Well, now what, yeah. Dickie Pan? Now that we know a thousand percent increase in annual rate of in, what, injury, the flu him. shot? Yeah, it should be on him. Who's going to exactly. take it back to Dickie Pan? All right, it's Advanced Medicine here. If you didn't know that already, Dr. Rasha Batar is available, drbuttar.com, linked up in the show notes. we got a lot of news stories to cover, too, in addition to what we just opened with. If you'd like to call us, try it now, 866-939-2355. Back with more of Advanced Medicine. And if you ever miss a show, medicalrewind.com. Go there. You're listening to The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Stranglehold. Speaking of stranglehold, mainstream media strangling themselves to death, claiming that we're all part of the Russian uh, uh, propaganda machine. And uh, Dr. Ashbitar is here with us, Advanced Medicine. We're just talking about the revelations about the payouts from the Vaccine Injury Compensation Court. And, uh, you know, I mentioned a thousand percent increase year over year. Anything about how many years sometimes it takes to get these things to be, quote unquote, adjudicated? Not that that's the right word. We're still seeing tip of the iceberg in terms of the increase in real numbers and payouts to injury due to vaccine. So what is that point, Dr. Batar? if a thousand fold increase in payouts, not enough? Well, here's the thing. First question is, uh, does does a payout equate to injury? And the answer is only a minuscule amount of injury is going to result in a payout because a lot of people don't even file claims. They're just too busy dealing with the aftermath of the trauma of what happened to the child. So just by seeing this uh, 11-fold or 12-fold increase from 5 million to 60 million in payout, that's not a direct linear correlation with the level of incidences occurring. So it's probably exponentially higher Yes. Um, it's certainly not lower. We know it's not lower. It has, can't be lower, but it has to be higher. That's one part. But here, you made an interesting point. You said that the mere fact that this has gone up by an 11-fold uh, increase, a 10-fold increase, you know, um, 1,000% or 50 year, Yeah, or just year over year from this measurement that we're now learning about. Exactly. You said that mere fact should be enough to warrant cessation of all vaccinations in children. Okay? Yes. Now... My response to that would be, would not the fundamental understanding of how physiology works and the fact that a child's physiology is incapable of eliminating certain toxicities until they're a year old and the fact that a child's immune system cannot be primed like an adult's immune system or an adolescent's immune system, i.e. the body's inability to make antibodies, and this is across the board in all species, that's why babies are dependent on the maternal milk for immunity, the IgM antibodies that come. That's why that's the reason that a child is or a small young of any animal species is dependent on the mother's immune system for the first six months. Would that not fundamental a physiological factor that everybody knows and has known for 50, 60, 70 years, would that not be enough to uh, cause a complete cessation of the vaccination program? And of course, if that hasn't, 
that fundamental basic ABCs, you know, mm-hmm. I got to pull down my pants before I take a crap type of logic. Yeah. If that doesn't, if that isn't enough, then of course, this a thousand percent increase is probably nothing. It's another. Well, Dr. Batar, I mean, you, you bring up a great point, but if I brought it up, you would say I'd be giving too much credit to doctors to figure this thing out, that it impacts the physiology this way, that the immune system doesn't even work the way they say immu- the, uh, the vaccinations would trigger it at a year old, at six months old, even at two years old. I'm not even talking about the doctors. You know, I'm just talking about just anybody who understands physiology. So, you know, we know that doctors, by definition, don't understand physiology because if they did, they wouldn't be doing what they're, what they're doing. True. But maybe we can karate chop them and maybe have an impact there. Did you see this story about martial arts being dangerous for yep. kids? Yeah. Like, yep. dude, my, my kid was a black belt at 10, and your kid, of course, doing incredible work. You've done in martial arts for years. I, you know, I think there's a lot more dangerous things in the martial arts. Yeah, how about vaccines? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want to talk about what's really dangerous? Why wasn't that on the list? Is you know these mainstream reports come out, or healthfinder.gov opens these things up and goes, really, is it dangerous? Well, sure. I mean, anything's potentially dangerous, but they say more more injuries on the basketball court and the soccer field. Without a doubt. So basketball is one of the most dangerous sports. More people get injured in basketball than they do in football. Um, but by talking about martial arts can be hazardous to kids, and then reading through this, let's talk about the component of martial arts that is so crucial to brain development as opposed to vaccination right. that cause uh, deterioration in, in cognitive development. So, Robert, you know that there was something that we started called Smart Kids Move, and yes. it's uh, still in the uh, formulation phases, but what we have found is that certain types of uh, development is directly correlated, as far as neurological development, I should say, is directly correlated to the level of activity. Now, when a child goes to school, the, generally, at least, the principals and the teachers and the counselors will tell the children that they have to be quiet, they have to remain focused, uh, and pay attention to class. And yet they find that it's the, it's the level of activity. And in fact, if learning is in conjunction with movement, there's an increase in cognitive performance, there's an improvement in academic performance, and, and test scores will reflect this. And if you start looking at martial arts, generally speaking, would you not, of all the events, all the athletic things that children are involved with, would you not say that athletics, uh, in all athletics, that the most amount of focus is attributed to martial arts? Well, absolutely, without a doubt. And, and the fact is, kids who are moving will learn better, their brains will develop more, and it, it'll, it'll impact their lives positively for the rest of their lives, but vaccines do the exact opposite. We'll talk about that and more with Dr. Rasha Bittar, Advanced Medicine, here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. More after this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. of radio it's the robert scott bell show each week we do advanced medicine with dr rasha Batar right here on the robert scott bell show if you miss a show hundreds and hundreds of hours available for your listening entertainment well it's education really and sometimes it's funny too uh you can get them at medicalrewind.com as well as gcnlive.com our syndicator and many other places we were just talking about Smart Kids Move, and there's actually a great website. I encourage you all to check out smartkidsmove.org, smartkidsmove.org, Super Don sent it out. But we're talking about martial arts, and you mentioned focus 
like, you know, where do you get the most focus in terms of, of physical training and how it impacts brain health, neurological health, emotional health, yeah. confidence? I mean, there's so much good there. Right. And so if all the different athletic events and athletic uh, activities that children can participate in, I think that most people would agree that the ultimate in focus and self-discipline would be associated with martial arts. And that's not to say that you don't have to have focus and self-discipline in other sports, but my, my point is that as a general rule, if you were to have a multiple-choice uh, question with all the different athletic activities that children are involved with, which one would people say would, have, would uh, require the most amount of self-discipline, what's associated historically and traditionally with the most amount of self-discipline focus, and that would have to be unequivocally martial arts. Would you not agree? Uh, no, I agree. Absolutely. Okay. So now we've got this ultimate in focus and self-discipline, which is what teachers desire when t- students come to their school, and yet martial arts is all about movement. It's throws and blocks and kicks and rolls and punches and this and that. It's constant movement. And so here you've got the ultimate in self-discipline and focus associated with a lot of different types of movement, and yet the desired outcome in classes where teachers want the child to be focused and have the self-discipline to learn, they try to tell the child to stop. They don't move. And mm-hmm. the studies, the science, is, it clearly, clearly supports the fact that the more movement that's associated with uh, educational activity, the better the retention, the higher the cognitive development, the better the academic performance. Do we lose Dr. Batar? Sounds like it. Sounds like it. Oh, hey, Daniel, see if we can get him back on. Somebody said, get still, and, and it's like his signal went still. <laughs> Talk, Super Don, did you ever do martial arts? You know, I, I I did very briefly, but I've been an enthusiast for years. I mean, ever since I was a kid. I mean, I was a huge Bruce Lee fan. Mm-hmm. You know, which was my introduction into the martial arts. And then, uh, you know, just over time, I got very, very uh, interested in the martial arts, the different types of martial arts, the origin. I did a I did a school report on. Hold on, hold on a second before you get into that. Daniel, yeah. make sure you, you uh, give give uh, Dr. Batar a call. We need to get him back on as soon as possible. Uh, something got disconnected there, but yeah. So you were doing the yeah. Bruce Lee school of uh, uh, martial arts. Yeah, and I did. I did a, a, a school report uh, on the feudal era of Japan, which was you know the birth of uh, you know martial arts uh, when you had the ruling class that took all of the weapons. All of the you know the lower class weren't allowed to have swords or any of those things, so they had to develop weapons and techniques to be able to defend themselves and stuff. So it was something I was really really interested in, and I dabbled a little bit in. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it was like Taekwondo or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, it's something I've always had an interest in. Well, listen, it's a, it's an amazing thing. And how, as I said, I, I go back to this point because we opened the show with sleeping. And Daniel, call Doctor Batar. Get him on quick, please. I miss him already. Um, the uh, Smart Kids Move program, SmartKidsMove.org. We don't have a culture. You know, of course, we, we say it's exercise is good for kids, but then you limit their exercise. You tell them to sit still in class. They're not going to learn sitting still. Kids need movement. They need this movement for brain development, neurological, nervous system development. It is super critical to everything that will benefit them later in life especially. But, you know, this is where we lose it because as adults, we're not moving. How few Americans have jobs where they're actually physically moving throughout the day, and by the end of the day, they're so exhausted, they don't have time to stay up and watch TV till midnight or watch and surf the web till midnight. They go to sleep because their bodies are tired, and then they, they get the best night's sleep every night, and they get up, and they're ready to go at it again. There's nothing wrong with that. There's everything right with that. 
And I think that's that's the point of the smartkidsmove.org campaign. So everybody check it out. Daniel, have you got Dr. Batar on the phone, on the line? Earth to Daniel, come in, please. Uh, Super Don, see if you can me- uh, message yeah, Daniel. I'll take care of it. I'll take care yeah, please of do. You, uh, he might, might be taking a potty break or something. I don't know. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes, folks. It's amazing this doesn't happen more frequently, in fact. Um, so we're going to cover a story about mammograms, interestingly enough. We talk about the physical body. You know, we, we want you to be able to move. We do. It's so important. We want you to be able to move. But how do you dodge ionizing radiation? And this story on healthfinder.gov is actually claiming that mammograms are beneficial all the way to age 90. Yes, Grandma, place your, uh, you know, your mammary glands in this. Let's, let's basically nuke them. And, you know, it, it's just morally bankrupt, modern medicine. They promote this. And then they would attack anyone who claims apricot seeds, laetrile, vitamin B17, can actually target cancer cells, be selectively toxic to cancer cells, not your healthy cells, or that frankincense can treat cancer, right? The things that are written about in The Truth About Cancer by Dr. Well, I call him doctor, but uh, Dr. Batar's book is The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. And uh, I was thinking of Ty Bollinger's The Truth About Cancer. It's amazing. There's so much information out there. And I want to welcome so many of our new listeners, too, from The Truth About Cancer Ultimate Live Symposium, which just played again over the weekend. Another interesting story here about flu, influenza. One of the arguments that they say we need to give flu shots to pregnant women. One of the things they're actually trying to claim is that if women get the flu while they're pregnant, that somehow this increases the risk for autism in their offspring, in their children. Hey, Dr. Batar, sorry about that. I don't know what happened, sunspots or something, but uh, glad you're back. Yeah, absolutely. So I I guess you heard the last part that I said, and I'm sure you went on, so... Mm -hmm. Bring me up to speed. Where are we at? Well, I just raced through the movement, helped to uh, help them to understand the cognitive development, everything about the brain and nervous system. It, you know, we don't need kids to sit still during the day. They need movement in order to learn and develop their nervous system. That's exactly right. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. That's exactly right. Exactly. And then from there, I said, you know, we want grandma to be able to dodge ionizing radiation scans of her mammary glands. But uh, I don't think any grandma on the planet is fast enough so they have to be smart enough to say doc no thanks don't point that at my boobies yep you're, you're right robert and this actually brings up the other components of the some of the other stories not only the the uh, mammogram aspect as far as its benefits or lack thereof but also some of the other treatments that have been discussed about cancer in in the recent media well vitamin b17 laetrile has always been attacked by the mainstream media Right, They say it's toxic, but we know it's selectively toxic to cancer cells. Uh, we also know frankincense, these, oil, these essential oils have impact on cancer. I mean, all of these things are known to some in the community, but the same media that says we're all part of the Russian mafia or something is the media that says there's no cures for cancer unless it comes through the American Cancer Society. And yet if they ever acknowledged a true cure for cancer, they would have to disband immediately, which tells you all about their motivation. Yeah, but that's exactly right. And their agendas are always suspect, so we have to talk about what, what is their motivation and why would they want to put some of this uh, information or denigrate some of this information. For example, apricot seeds or B17 layer trail 
Uh, I mean, how can you patent that? You obviously can't. You can't patent anything natural. So they can't patent the seed from a fruit, and so they will demonize it. Now, we used to use it IV. Uh, haven't used it in years. It just seemed like it wasn't as effective. And I think that's because um, in the last 20 years, the types of cancers have changed because it's, there's more toxicities, more various types of toxicities that have caused this unraveling in the immune system that renders the person susceptible to yes. cancer. So, but uh, certainly to take it orally, there's nothing. How can, how can taking any kind of seed be detrimental? If, if God made it, it's good by definition. You can't say that God made it, it's bad, but, you know, man made it, it's good. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. God made the system uh, able to deal with whatever is on this planet. So fruits, trees, you know, animals, right. whatever it is, we, our bodies can handle it. To say that laetrile, to say that anything that's man that's uh, naturally occurring is detrimental. Certain, sure, certain things can be poisonous. Yes, but to attribute a seed to have uh, detrimental effect to the body, and and then talk about promoting a certain type of chemical that is supposed to negate something like cancer. Again, this comes back to the same logic we were talking about with the vaccination that supersedes physiology, and yet we still keep on pushing it. And then right. it's a thousand percent increase in payoffs, and they're still trying to. Uh, say that it's not a big deal. Sure. Well, and we know the poison is in the dose. You know, anything uh, to excess can be problematic, but finding it the right way, the right form, in the right amount, the right delivery, all of these things, uh, you know, are beneficial, and including uh, the apricot kernels, as they say, or the seeds, then the laetrile, uh, or frankincense, essential oils. And yet, again, the thing that is so toxic, you know, they're arguing against the toxicity of a seed that God created, yet they're poisoning you with mustard gas from World War One, and saying, well, that, that's science. That's scientific. That's, that's one of the problems where, where these definitions come into play, Robert. Mm-hmm. Well, and we so, have logical fallacies, and we have Super Don. He's the logical fallacy guy pointing these things out all of the time uh, when uh, you know they argue for, for uh, safety or efficacy. Uh, yet the standards that they lay out, they don't even acknowledge, or when they when you do point that out that there's no safety or efficacy studies for uh, vaccines in reality, uh, suddenly it, it becomes, oh, it's epidemiological and it's anecdotal. And then it's okay for them to say that, but not anybody else. And then the opposite end, too, when you start talking about the uh, need to do safety studies where they make the association that Consumption of high sugar has been shown to cause obesity in some of these moments of death that we've had. You know, these yes. Absurd studies on the opposite spectrum that people go, what? you actually spending money on doing a study like this? Mm-hmm. That's what we're dealing with, folks. That's why you listen to Advanced Medicine each and every week. And when you miss a show, you can go to the archives. We have them linked up on SoundCloud as well as GCNlive.com and, of course, MedicalRewind.com. Now, there's a lot of things that uh, we can do to help you. It's not... Dr. Batar doing it for you or RSB doing it for you. It's about giving you the tools so that you can go out and discern what is appropriate for you or work with someone who is trained appropriately. And we want to support you in those efforts. And that's why we're going to come back from this break coming up. And we're going to talk about something you never hear about, how to support the function of your spleen, as well as maybe get to early signs of liver damage before the doctors would ever detect it in an enzyme test. Okay, folks, this is the place for health, freedom, and healing liberty. We did mention smartkidsmove.org tonight. Check that out, as well as drbatar.com, B-U-T-T-A-R.com, and his international best-selling book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away, available on Amazon and bookstores everywhere. We'll be right back. The revolution will be broadcast. The Robert Scott Bell Show. 
Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. Hey, Dr. Batar, we've talked loads about liver over the years together, detoxification. Very few stories you ever see anywhere in the media about the spleen, unless somebody gets in a car accident and has to have their spleen removed. I think there's a bit of a mystery about the spleen and what it does and how to support it. I think there probably is. It's one of those um, organs that people don't think about until uh, issues of immune system come up. Yeah, well, exactly. It is related to immune function. And, you know, when I work with the drainage concept in homeopathy, you know, one of the things we looked at in formulating is utilizing liver, kidney, spleen, and colon. That seems to be related. Of course, kidneys, too. But, um, you know, obviously there must be something associated with detox as well as immunity. Absolutely. Um, Spleen is one of those organs when people say, oh, well, I had my spleen removed. You know, the, the, all the alarms in my head go off. That it's almost like um, um, I think I think it's probably just because you can survive without a spleen doesn't mean that that's the optimum way of surviving. The spleen has a has so many roles, and you know, one of the things that Robert that we've done in medicine, we remove these systems, we remove these organs out of our body. Like for example, the prostate. We remove the prostate if somebody has benign prostate hypertrophy or prostate cancer, but or, or remove the uterus uh, because somebody's having too many uh, bleeding episodes or they've got, um, you know, um, fibroids or whatever the case is. But right. the implications in the system offered by removing these organs, it, it, it's devastating. And we just don't understand the, the implications, long-term implications of removing these organs. And the spleen falls into one of those categories. Spleen is very much so uh, essential for life. And and at certain parts of your development, if the spleen isn't there, I don't think the person could survive. If they are going to survive, they're going to have a very um, difficult time surviving. Yeah, those pr- practitioners of Chinese medicine they'll always talk about spleen energy, digestive fire, I've heard. And, you know, acupuncturists know. But, again, Western medicine, they really they mention the spleen only if they have to take it out after a traffic accident. I'm telling you, that's the only time you ever hear about it. Yep, that's true. And it's interesting, too, that in this article, the suggestions that they make, these suggestions are not just good for the spleen. They're, they're good suggestions overall in all aspects of life, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting going into winter, uh, you know, saying avoiding cold foods. I mean, there are people that are raw foodists that get, get a religious fanaticism about that. But I think, you know, there are times where you need warm cooked food, uh, you know, and, and, you know, there's other avoid sugar and uh, excess fat. We don't uh, avoid fat here per se, but there are certain fats that may not be beneficial to you. Certainly, uh, look at that. Uh, but er, they talk about erratic eating patterns, eating more whole grains. Uh, remember to unwind. I mean, these are basic concepts that will help anything. What does this mean by pulses? It says eat, eat more, eat moderate quantities of cereals and pulses. What does that mean? I think it's a, it's a regards to certain types of food. It's not again. This is an interesting article because I think it kind of goes east and west. Whoever m- must have written this, because it's utilizing language like that that doesn't doesn't mean like the pulse on you know and on your arm when you take your pulse. So it's a little different in that regard. Now there's another right, story. About, mm-hmm. Go ahead. It just talks about it says cereals and pulses. That's why it didn't make right. any sense because it seemed like it was a type of food. I didn't know what that was. So yeah. Now, there are early signs of liver damage that everyone should know. That's something that, that we have talked about a little bit over the years. But, uh, you know, when I first learned, as my, my homeopathic mentor said to me, your liver's congested. I'm like, dude, I just met you. How do you know that? And it's like the sensitivity to see that just by meeting somebody versus going to a medical doctor. And you could have everything but hepatitis C, and they say your liver's fine. Oh, wait, no, I detect an elevated enzyme of some kind. And that could be years further down the road than what we call congestion of the liver. 
Yeah, and these signs that they're talking about in here, actually, they, these are not, these aren't, uh, this isn't anything new. This is pretty pretty much conventional medicine recognizes these, and we talk about these. These are signs mm-hmm. of jaundice. So they've got the, you know, change of color, of course, the yellow tint, the itching, uh, easy, frequent bruising, swelling. Um, then there's other aspects, too. Uh, icteria is basically the conjunctiva of the eye, the white of the eye starts to have right. a yellow tint to it. Um, this itching thing is a very, very, very interesting component. So if, if you itch all the time, that is also a sign, besides a sign of healing, it's also a sign that there's something going on with the liver. So these are not, um, these were things that I was taught in traditional medicine. So I don't think there's anything unique about this part of the article unless um, I'm missing something that you wanted to bring no, up. No, you know, I, I think what we would go to is fatigue, poor digestion, right? The basic headache. These are signs that you have liver congestion that are not acknowledged in Western medicine, typically. Yeah, okay, that's true. Congestion is not. That's true. Yeah. So although, I mean that. Mm, go ahead. Stagnation. Although mm-hmm. when when the liver is being congested, that is one more of the things to think about. There's stagnation, but I understand what you mean, though. Yeah. Well, and we talk about movement again. Everybody, check out SmartKidsMove.org. You, you get a lot of good stuff there. There's some great things happening. Doctor Batar kicking advanced medicine to another level each and every week here with us. Appreciate you so much, my friend. Same here, Robert. I appreciate you, too. Yep, and uh, I would only ask you to tell him one more thing. Well, that the unequivocal power to heal is yours. Yes, it is. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show.